I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. And I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And what's next? We are talking with uh, Derek Parson. Derek, uh, thanks for having us over here. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Hey, um, now let's make sure I, I have the exact title correct. The Exchange at Beverly Gray? Correct. That's the name of the uh, incubator and co-working space that is now in the heart on the east side of uh, Jefferson and Utica. Former Jefferson Library. Beautiful little building here. Yes, it is. Historic building. Very exciting because you get the seasoned community members coming in to uh, – relive their reading rainbows uh, days as they <laughs> stated and then getting to see what the building is now. And what about the being right here at uh, East Utica and Jefferson? How important is that? No, it's really important because it's in the heart of the community. As you know, we are a block away from the tragedy that happened. And so to have a space that is specific for resources that pour into businesses in the region, I mean, it it can't be stated how impactful and important that this location is. Since you did mention the the tragedy, the May 14th Mm -hmm. tragedy, I mean, we can see the Tops parking lot from from your window here. If you don't mind, um, I'm curious about how things were for you people here inside this building during that time not even necessarily just that saturday but i mean media was here from all over the country all over the world what was it like for everybody here yeah it was it was uh, as everyone knows it was a time right i think what most people don't know is that we actually stopped an event from happening that day and we I got a call from one of my close friends who is a Buffalo police officer. And he was like, you're not at the building, are you? And I was like, no, we canceled all the events for today. And he was like, good, stay home, all of that. And then we found out what was going on. So luckily, no one was here. The aftermath, obviously, still to this day hurts and is something in our minds. However, I think the fact that this building is thriving, that the business owners, all of color, continue to come here day in and day out, regardless of the possibilities, right? It's a testament to them wanting to be in the community. It's a testament to want, wanting to show that, hey, we are stronger together. So, Yeah, I was always going to say, uh, when you're talking like that, it sounds like Maybe not people saying it out loud, but maybe even a sense that there's a a doubling down, a a recommitment to what brought people here in the first place. Absolutely. You know, um, one of our tenants, Clementine Gold Group, they even stated that, hey, they're a strategy and a strategic planning firm. They said that they want to be in this area. They, they focus, they have an equity lens with their business. They stated that of all the office spaces that they could have been in throughout the city of Buffalo, they chose this specifically and intentionally 
because of what happened on that tragic day, but more importantly, how they can pour back into the community surrounding the top. So we just look at it as, you know what, it's a give back. And it's, it's difficult for us, too, because as a business incubator, we don't necessarily touch the individual communities. We touch the people in the community who want to start a business. So what we've been doing is figuring out how we can give back to the community in different ways, even as we pour into the entrepreneurs and business owners who are here. Incubators are complex Mm -hmm. endeavors, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) I see that uncomfortable smile on your face. So let's let's we'll get into maybe a couple different elements of it. But those the people who, like you said, you talked about uh, the Clementine Group, how they want to be here, they feel like they need to be here. How about the other? Is there a common thread about the other businesses that are trying to to get started through this incubator? Yeah, the the thread is generally or, or, or most specifically, it's a community for them, right? The Exchange at Beverly Gray, as we say it all the time, it's the first incubator and co-working space specifically serving underrepresented and BIPOC entrepreneurs and business owners. You're not going to find that anywhere else here in the city of Buffalo. And we did that intentionally. We partnered with UB, obviously. You always have to have a big dynamic university behind you. And then we have the the support from Mayor Byron Brown, who, you know, opened this space back up in 2017 before we actually became a, a nonprofit ourselves. And so the biggest piece about that is that everyone knows that this is a space for them. They know when they walk in here, there are people who look like them. We do have a diverse staff still. There are issues and problems that BIPOC and underrepresented entrepreneurs and business owners face that others don't. We address them head on. And so they know when they come here, there's a, a safe space for them to, hey, I've had problems. Hey, I want a, a triumph in my business. I know this is a place I can be. Okay, so you brought that up then, the, the problems, the issues, the obstacles yeah. that these business owners have faced. Or uh, Let's talk about, about some of those. What are some of the things that stand out? One of the biggest things is funding, right? Um, we often tell our business owners and our entrepreneurs that you shouldn't run after funding all the time. However, it's hard to not say that when a lot of the funding doesn't come to underrepresented and BIPOC businesses. When you think of dollars raised by these businesses, when they go after loans, when they go after venture capital for some of the uh, larger uh, scale organizations, the numbers are astounding how much that don't flow back into it when they try to get these. And so what we do is we partner with banks. We try to sit down with VCs and other venture firms to understand how we can make these businesses stand out more, whether it's from the onset of growing and the foundational structure of the business so that they know how to get a loan, they know how to get a grant, they know how to get venture capital dollars, and they can be successful when they go out those attempts. So that funding piece is the first one. Then it's just the foundational learning, right? How do you actually grow a business the right way? And when we say the right Mm -hmm. way, that's a little different (laughs) because every business is different, right? But there are some pillars, if you will, that are tried and tested no matter what kind of business you start. How you start it, the formation, growing it, scaling it things that you have to do, put, putting operations in place. We try to make sure that our, our entrepreneurs, if they're new or our business owners, even if they've been 10, 20 years in the game, they know exactly what they need to be focusing on for where they want to go. Not where we want them to go, but where they want to go. 
So you talk over goals yeah, for them, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. So not only goals, right? Just issues that they may have had before that they're facing right now that they didn't see coming, stuff that we may know that may be coming down the line based upon things that we've done when we do some of our intakes, and then we surround them with specific services, legal, accounting, finance, uh, web design development, anything that they may need, we try to make sure that we can mitigate any issues that they may have down the line. What about uh, their skin in the game? Mm-hmm. What uh, What is the commitment from a business? I mean, obviously, just committing to a business is its own it's his own skin, for sure. But what, we, what do, are th- these different businesses, what do they have to do to become part of this? Yeah, so here's the fun fact about it. They don't have to do anything. Hey, that's something, <laughs> something I can do. Right. <laughs> uh, they can, as, the only thing we ask is to walk in the door, right? Have an open mindset when you come to talk to us because this is not our baby. Every business is is that individual entrepreneur's business owner's baby, right? And and like most babies, you got to nurture it, take care of it if you want it to grow, right? Like that kind of thing. You have to pour into it. And so we ask that you be as honest and transparent as possible so we know exactly how we can best help you, right? All the services that we have here, we do our best to make sure that they are free of charge, right? Um, from the accounting, from the legal, all of those things, we may offset certain things. And then even from the programming that we'll be unveiling uh, towards the end of the the last quarter, which is coming up right, <laughs> in right, a few weeks, right. right? All of that programming too, we try to make sure everything is free so that every entrepreneur can have what they need to get what they get to where they're going. You mentioned, you know, be honest, be transparent. And, yeah. and when you said that, I, I, I got that sense of what I would be like. Like I said, if I came in here and I, I've got this idea, mm. I don't necessarily want to tell you everything because maybe I'm embarrassed <laughs> by it or yeah. that it's silly or whatever. How, can you talk about those conversations in general? Yeah. Because there must be some very frank conversations. Absolutely. So, so it's funny. It, it's the transparency part about, you know, coming up with an idea and feeling someone's going to steal it, right? Mm-hmm. We tell people all the time, you know, dreams, they're only worth much to you, right? To the individual person. I like that. Dreams really can't make money until they're executed on. And I tell everybody who sits down with us, like, I don't have time to execute on your dream because I'm building something here right now, right? And so once they understand that, then they usually let their guards down and then they talk about, okay, this is the why behind the business I'm creating, or this is the why behind the pivot that I want to undergo because I've been in a business for 15 years, or this is the why behind why I quit my job for this dream that I have, right? There's a few people who've come in here in the corporate space, six-figure salaries, years in the space that say, you know what, I want to do this. And we help them as well, too. So we have to make sure when we have these conversations, they are transparent. We are frank. We are telling them what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. Today on uh, What's Next, we are talking with uh, Derek Parson at the uh, exchange at the Beverly Gray here on East Utica Street, right near Jefferson, uh, in the old Jefferson Library. Um, so these conversations and, the, and these dreams, like you said, they, they how do some people just say, you know what, it's just talking to you, I've learned this is not for me. Do you get those two? 
Yeah, absolutely. We've, we get a lot. We get the people who are like, oh, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I still want to tackle it. Then we get the people who say, oh, and pause, mm. right? And we tell them, listen, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. There are some people who are more suited to actually work, right, in employment or work for an entrepreneur. There's no problem with that because they may have skills or talents that help entrepreneurs build their business. You can make a lot of money from that alone, right? But what we impress upon people is that when you take a step, this leap, this jump, this journey of faith, uh, you're going to be working more than you did before. You're going to be putting in longer hours. You're going to have to think as if you're each individual role in a company before you even sometimes hire those roles. And so it's a lot to take in, and most people don't see that. What you have is they're only into their craft, and they're not into the actual building of the business. And so that's where we come in and say, hey, let us show you, right, not do it for you, but let us show you what you need to do. Put the pieces around you so that way you can build that business while you still focus on what you love to do, right? Either building a, a product or service or whatever it is, right? The goal for us is to make sure that, hey, you have what it around you what you need to get and scale. And so and scaling is a, is, a, is a fancy word for a lot of people because scaling sometimes means millions and, and millions of dollars. But if you have somebody making a hundred dollars a month and then they now are making five thousand a month, that's a hell of a scale. Yes. Yeah, I like that scale. Oh, that's okay. That is a whole other scale. Right. So that 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 still is a scale for this entrepreneur. And you gotta remember too, the community we serve, they need to know, see these um entrepreneurs who are out here who are doing things like this. They need to be around each other so they can share these stories where they may be fearful and things like that. And and more importantly, they just need to know that they can do it. I'm talking about uh, having the community see it, if I'm not mistaken, you recently had a, a block party yeah. of sorts with, uh, to, to recognize uh, Black Business Month here. Tell me uh, how the event went. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, so... This is our second annual Black Business Month. I always give that huge shout out to Mayor Byron Brown, City of Buffalo, uh, all the sponsors that, that helped us out because we wanted to take this up a notch, right? We had a ton of panel discussions and events throughout the month, and we culminated that with a block party and celebration. So the block party was right outside. That is, as I mentioned before, our way to give back to the direct community, right? And so as an entrepreneur, or an incubator rather, we're helping the businesses. So instead what we do is we curated and hand-selected businesses that we wanted out here. And then we said, you know what? Every community member that comes up, Everything is free. So we gave out over 300 bags of groceries. We gave out over 100 book bags and school supplies for children. Uh, we had food trucks here. Uh, we had, of course, because we're a business incubator, we had business resource vendors out here. But then we also had our banking institutions and other community initiatives and organizations out here for the community members to just pick up pamphlets and flyers and learn and things like that. So it was an amazing time. And again, Everything was free. I think we this year we beat some numbers. We probably had roughly over five to six hundred people come out throughout the course of that uh, four to five hours. And so you're, the numbers itself, I guess, do speak for themselves. Absolutely. But at the same time, were you seeing those 
kind of connections, that community interest, community understanding that maybe you're you're hoping for? Yeah, but you see it easily because they're outside, yeah. right? You got to think about that again. We cannot forget we're a block, a parking lot away from where that tragedy happened. And the fact that so many people came out, they were standing around, they were enjoying music, they were um, learning about, you know, uh, African Heritage co Food Co-op, the, the, the fruits and vegetables. We had a, a vegan uh, chef out here. So not only um, pairing that too, right? So yeah, you can get your burgers and stuff. But what if you wanted a, a mushroom sandwich that tasted like a burger or a jackfruit, which tasted like shredded chicken? And I, I was blown away by that really? one. Okay. So right. So we, we started pairing these two, but the community was here. And more importantly, they stayed. They wanted to learn. They didn't run away. And that is a testament to we're getting back to where we were before. Right. And so that's the way we give back. And we were excited to see that the way we were before. Um, yeah. So you, again, we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to maybe just explore that a little bit. Is, you're talking about the way we were before, before May before 14th, 2022. Uh, describe the, the, the sense there, right? the apprehension, fear, maybe people keeping to themselves a little bit more. What, what were you seeing that was different than that you thought maybe was breaking down a little bit? At that block party, what, what could you could you put your finger on that? Yeah, it, it was. We're getting back to we're here. We're not going to live in fear. We are going to take back our block, if you will, and we're going to be a community, right? We're going to to show that hey, there are organizations around here who are are here for us, and 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 we're not the only ones in this area, right? Community services for everyone is is not too far down. You have Say Yes Buffalo. You you have Open Buffalo right around the corner. You have the Urban League with a satellite office around the corner. Obviously, you know you have so many programming at the the, the Merriweather Library, right? Um, and then Apollo right there. And so just in this immediate area, you have tons of organizations. And then you can't forget about the bank institutions, right? M and T and Northwest. You have these institutions right here who are all doing something, right? And each one of them were out here, right? Um, they were all saying, hey, we are here. We are here for our community, and, and this is what we need to do, right? And so while we will never forget, we know that we are stronger together. And so that is what these kind of block parties do. But again, like I said, for us specifically, we know that we help the entrepreneur and the business owner that block party is our way to give back to the community. And so we were excited about that. We were excited about how well it went. And then the next um, night, we had our final celebration over at Seneca One, where we had huge fireside chat vendors and just a joyous occasion just celebrating black business. And also, if I'm not mistaken, during Black Business Month, you were also offering, for lack of a better term, uh, classes or uh, opportunities for people to, to also explore and learn new things as well. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So every every panel discussion we had, we usually followed up with more 
after that. So we, one in particular, we had a business of credit, if you will. And so it was a focus on your individual and personal credit and how you can learn to build and get that up, get that solidified because that transfers into when you want to get business credit. And so those kind of classes and panel discussions, we usually follow up with one-to-ones. If you need it, you can always come into the, the exchange to kind of talk about that. We had specific classes on entrepreneurship, just teasers that will open up the doors for some of the larger 10-week sessions, things like that. And then we also have some partnerships that we have um, getting gearing up for the beginning of the year. So throughout the whole month, you just didn't come to an event and leave, right? You had the opportunity to network with the panelists as well as sit down with the exchange to get more help in specific areas. So it was, everything was intentional. I think we put it together as well as executed it very well. You've talked about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. How about for the entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. That's uh, like we were talking about before. It's not for everybody. We know that. The small business isn't for everybody. But what about um, the entrepreneur? What, what do you see in the entrepreneur? I mean, I know you probably don't want to get into the game of saying – this one's going to make it, that one's not. So I'm not going to ask you, you know, what you saw. But at the same time, when you kind of look back at some of the people who are making the strides that are going forward, what do you see inside them that that makes a difference? I think for me, I use one word and one word only often is grit. I think there is something to be said about an entrepreneur who is able to stand the test of time Um, an entrepreneur who is willing to run through a brick wall, an entrepreneur who doesn't take no for an answer, um, even though they have to many, many times. But it's there's a perseverance, a persistence, a determination that all can be coupled up into one word called grit. And I think any successful entrepreneur, no matter their gender or race, they all have that. And so I've been an entrepreneur myself for several years, and I think that's one thing that I learned, that that grit has to come from deep in, deep down inside, and that grit is what kind of pushes you through some of the, uh, I hate to say it like this, but the darker days of entrepreneurship sure, I can only where you know you may be down to your last dollar in your bank, you may have heard over a thousand no's, And something is telling you just to keep pushing through. And it's usually that entrepreneur that says, you know what, I'm going to keep going. Then that light at the end of the tunnel shines bright. And then, you know, they realize, oh, well, the tunnel is a little bit longer. (laughs) I just made made it through this this, this dark part. Right. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, grit is that word. And um, I think that's one of the things we try to impress on anybody who walks through the door. This isn't a sprint opening a business, really creating wealth for yourself, for your family, for the community, for the city, state. It's a long game. And so it is a marathon. You opened up the door mentioning your own entrepreneur experience. So I'd love to explore that a little bit because Mm -hmm. it it does. I'm sure that it benefits people around here that I'm sure you can help, uh, you know, offer a consoling shoulder occasionally and also maybe a little bit of uh, tough love. But how about for, for you? What was your experience? What, did you, what was your first entrepreneurial experience? I tell people all the time, I didn't know it then, but it, 
when I was younger growing up, and, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York, came up here for college. I like the way you said New York after Brooklyn. I finally heard, that. I finally heard it in your voice. <laughs> yeah, so I came up here um, for college. And then, like most New Yorkers, you just never leave, right? Buffalo has a way of latching on to you, and you fall in love with it. But while I was in college, I started, my first delve into it was a moving company called Two Men in a Big Truck with one of my college roommates. And, and literally, it, it is what it sounds like. It was two men, and we rented the largest, it was a Penske truck, the largest one you could rent without actually having to have a license to drive it. Like the big CDLs, you couldn't, you know, if you didn't have a license or certification or whatever, you couldn't get those. So we got the largest one, and what we decided to do was move people's items off campus. We started with that. That led us to people saying, hey, you know, at the end of the semester, can you move our stuff back home, right? And that went from either locally in Buffalo or to Rochester. And then we had people saying, hey, um, you guys are from the city is like us. Can you move this back to the city? And so for about two years, we ran that all straight down to 90, um, all the way to New York City, bringing people's stuff back and forth. And we did that business for a while. So that's how I started. Most recently, um, I'm in tech. I've created tech companies. Um, I've raised venture capital dollars here locally and abroad. Um, I've been to Silicon Valley, um, and I think the reason why the exchange is working so well, people not only believe in it, but they know that there's an entrepreneur who's leading the charge, right? I never want to say I'm running the place because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur just like everyone else, but I'm here for people to know that, listen, I know what you're going through. It's not that I raised money 20 years ago, right? No, it's I've done this recently in the past few years. I know what the landscape is like. I know what the how how hard it is for you right now. I know what it means to go to a bank and hear the no's, and I know what it also means to go to these um, institutions and hear yes. So that relatability lends itself to people trusting us even more when they step foot in these doors. Like you said, uh, you're from Brooklyn, but you're now a, a Buffalo guy. Mm -hmm. And you talked about the grit that an entrepreneur requires. At the same time, you know, the one thing I think about the city of Buffalo, and I think more specifically about this neighborhood, grit. Mm -hmm. Grit. Yeah. Lots of grit, yep. for sure. Do you see that? Maybe people don't even understand about themselves, that they have that inside them, that possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in order, being here as long as I have since college, um, you know, I tell people all the time, like, Buffalo's a second home, right? Without a doubt. Uh, I joke with a lot of people, while I'm from Brooklyn, and I'm never going to run that down, you know, shy away from that, um, Buffalo was a blue-collar city. And like other blue-collar cities across the nation, there's grit throughout it. And so people here are born and bred with that grit. So that in and of itself lives in them. And so that can really push forward into this career of entrepreneurship. And people really don't see it. I do think that as we move, you know, year in and year out, 
um, a lot of the successes that have happened, say in tech, right, with like ACV auctions here and, and um, other big name organizations like Tesla and all these manufacturing people wanting to come to the city, right? That's opening the doors for people to say, okay, oh, okay, Buffalo, we're seeing you. And, and rightfully so, because I've had more people in tech say, like, I've heard about Buffalo. I, you see these larger organizations and companies are saying, hey, can we put things in Buffalo? That's not by chance, right? That's because Buffalo has been built on this grittiness from day one, right? Um, yes, the manufacturing plants of the of yesteryears have left, but we see that there's always a revitalization. There's always a new renaissance, if you will, and that's happening right now. And so we want to make sure here at the exchange that a lot of the black and brown business owners, entrepreneurs, they don't get left behind. They get to see that, hey, there are people doing these things that are here. And then we also shine a light on people in other cities. I, I always mention uh, Durham, North Carolina, hmm. which is another kind of blue collar city. They ha- were huge in tobacco um, that turned into a, a huge entrepreneur, thriving startup community, Google and, and Amazon and all of those big names moved into that. And then lo and behold, you see what's happening here, similar in, in nature um, that's happening here in Buffalo. And I think we're we're really on that cusp of really turning this whole thing around. So I'm excited about that. But again, we've got to do our part to make sure our entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, they get a piece of that pie by being able to build and help and pour back into the their own community, but the city at large, right? Because business is about money. And the more businesses, the more entrepreneurs that are bred and are successful, it does really well for the city. Another characteristic I've found about this part of the city of Buffalo, this community, is the arts that I see inside people, the artistic genius in a lot of cases I see. Is that showing up in in these businesses that you're seeing, these incubators? Are they bringing that to the forefront? Absolutely, absolutely. Gone are the days of just regular T-shirt company businesses. You know, we've had people come in here who are creating uh, businesses around crypto. We've had businesses around NFTs, right, which is in that same space. Again, we have people pushing the envelope of new types of service businesses. We just we talked about Clementine Gold Group. Another company here is uh, Cruise Control Media, which um, opened up the Pod Hub, right? Um, So it's funny, and I always laugh about it. Uh, While I was at UB um, doing um, my master's program in education, we learned about podcasting, and this was years ago. And at that time, it wasn't as great. But now it's amazing because podcasting, audio, um, that's the wave right now, right? So you have innovative businesses like that that are pushing the level and then opening the doors for other people to have voices, similar like what we're doing right now, um, to have voices across the world. So those kind of innovative businesses are popping up everywhere, as well as sports tech, uh, as well as people uh, not to leave out the more of the consumer-based products, more of the handcrafted or the makerspace products. Um, think of your jewelries and how they're done. Remember, this is a blue-collar town, right? So you, you'd be surprised um, at some of the makers who make some, like, rustic awards, right, things of that nature. As I, as I look at one right there that I was given, I'm like, 
wow, just to think about somebody actually thought that this would be an amazing design to be an award. And so people are pushing the envelope on what they can do as an entrepreneur at, or a business owner here. So we're just excited for what's to come, right? So, But even with that artistic spirit, whether it's in the arts or into product-based or food products, I always shout out uh, Sadie's Relish. If you haven't had it, <laughs> if you haven't had it, go get it. Um, where, she, where can I get it? Yeah, uh, I believe they're in uh, Tops and Wegmans now. Yeah, wow. huge um, black-owned product. Um, Local? Woman, yep. Wow. Woman-led business. Shout out again, that, that's led by Mercedes. Uh, and so she's she's amazing in and of herself. And to see her thriving in that food space. So it's not just your regular run-of-the-mill businesses anymore. People are doing what they love and building huge businesses around that. And it's happening here in Buffalo. And people need to know that. Coming down to our, our final uh, moments here as well. But uh, the University of Buffalo, we haven't really talked about their role inside all of this. Again, we at the beginning, we at the outset of this, we talked about how complicated an incubator is. Yeah. But a key role is, of course, having that type of university and all that they can offer. What do they do or what can they do for the businesses that are trying to get started here? Yeah, I, I definitely want to um, thank Tom Murdoch over there, the School of Management over there, um, Hadar over there in from Blackstone Launchpad, um, running a phenomenal entrepreneurship program with students there as well, too. The key piece about it was in reimagining what this space was is that you had to have larger institution. And we partner with other collegiate institutions here locally as well, too. But um, what the UB offered was a space for us to kind of grow as an incubator. We came under them under the incubator network. And so that makes us one of about 12 um, in the western New York region that UB houses, right? And we, we were intentional on that because in looking at other cities that were kind of Rust Belt cities like Buffalo, New York, once they, the manufacturing piece went down and the entrepreneurship and startup community started to grow, one of the biggest things they had was buying from the city, which we had through Mayor Byron Brown, and then buying from most prominent, if you will, university in the, in the region. And for us, that um, for all intents and purposes, that would be UB. And so when we partnered with UB to get uh, to become a part of their incubator network, we did that intentionally because we knew there was other resources behind that. So there was Startup New York after that, which is something that kind of came in. And then there was a pieces that UB actually offered being part of that incubator network. So think about legal services in and of itself, working with actual um, grad level students to help you run your business, getting pitch help for times you have to pitch to, say, a tops, right? And if you're a food entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right, being able to get pitch help and, and things of that nature. And just your, your, your regular services, um, such as you can have interns work for you and, you know, they, you know, you can get money back that you spend on the interns, right? So you're, you're coming out, um, not out of pocket per se, but you're, yet you're still being able to have the assistance from some dynamite students, right? That have already been vetted. So UB is a huge strategic partner for us. And we're excited about some other things that we're about to unveil with, <laughs> with some of the, uh, entrepreneur people at, over at UB, um, shout out to Susan, 
kind of giving that away by saying her name, but um, <laughs> some things that we got uh, going on uh, that'll unveil um, come January. And so, um, well, I guess I could say that um, where UBCEL is a, has an MWE program, which is Minority Women uh, Emerging Entrepreneurship Program. They typically do it um, on UB's campus. And what we wanted to do was have a hyper-focus um, specifically on the east side with knowing that, hey, the underrepresented BIPOC entrepreneur population can benefit from this type of programming. And so we're unveiling that with a January start. Applications are going to are actually open now this month uh, to kind of get into that program as well. So UB has been a dynamite partner for us, and I can't wait to see what else we, you know, we can come up with through this. But that is the, that's the beauty, number one, of an ecosystem. Uh, but more importantly, this is what you need as a business incubator if you're going to help your entrepreneurs get over these humps. I got the sense that once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur, and never really, never really stops. Probably from the moment you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed, and maybe even during your dreams as well. Uh, Derek, you walk in to this building every day, right here at East Utica and Jefferson, and you get to see this neighborhood. What do you see as possibilities? What when you look around, you're like? Wow, this could be here. That could be here. What do you see? Yeah, that's that's a great question because I, I have this conversation with my wife as well too, who is a, a newly minted entrepreneur as well we too. Yeah, Porsche. <laughs> yeah, we definitely. <laughs> hey, you know, you see, oh, you know yeah, already. Okay. Co-worker. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, shout out to 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 her um, and her business, uh, Ari Parts and PR doing phenomenal things. And I, I like to say at least, I think it's because she's watching me be an entrepreneur all these years. She took a well, step out. Well, I'd be <laughs> so, careful with that one. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, you know, um, I think we've had these conversations. And again, because I'm not from here, I have a different perspective, right? I get to see and listen. And, and I mentioned earlier the seasoned community members that come to the library that say, hey, I want to, I just want to live this, this nostalgic feeling all over again of doing Reading Rainbow, of sitting downstairs, that kind of thing. And then I get to hear what Jefferson Avenue was like back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you know. And then I say to myself, wow, it was intentional that the mayor put this hub here. It was intentional that, you know, we created a nonprofit that now stands alone and can raise money, you know, from foundations nationwide. Now we have to be intentional of seeing how we can recreate or rebuild what that Jefferson Avenue corridor. I mean, shops, businesses, playgrounds, the pictures that people have brought in and shown me. I think that is the sense and feeling that I get right now that what that's the journey we're on. The more entrepreneurs and business owners that we help, the more we can get Jefferson back to that heyday, right? And and I say that respectfully because this is a new generation, right. right? And so not to get it back to what it was, but to get it back to what it should have been all along, right? And that's the thing we want to do. We have a lot of open lots here, you know, getting businesses in here working with the banks to kind of figure out how we can get more buildings uh, spun up. And that way we can really and truly get more businesses in different varieties here. Because as, as, as I mentioned before, when entrepreneurs and business owners succeed, they not only pour into their own selves and their families, 
but they pour into the community. They pour into the city. Think about having multiple areas throughout the city of Buffalo that are thriving business districts. I mean, that just helps the city in ways unimaginable. So that's really what I want to see. That's what I think the goal of the Exchange of Beverly Gray is, not just to be a conduit for entrepreneurs and business owners, but to build this new business community. That, that's something that we've never seen before and that we're excited to be a part of. So when you look on Jefferson Avenue, you might see challenges, but you see opportunities? Absolutely. When I look down, as I'm looking out the window right now, I don't see what's there. I see what's to come. Mm. And I think um, with that mindset, I think the, the opportunities are endless. And I'm just excited to be just a small part of what this can be. Do you think that mindset is growing? Do you think that there's a community that's getting behind it that's feeling that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The entrepreneurial ecosystem is uh, huge and growing here. Um, I think what we're doing right now uh, through all the organizations that are at the table, they're all coming together and saying, you know what, we're at a point, uh, almost an inflection point. And now is the time to make sure that everyone has a seat at the table and that we can build to something phenomenal. I really feel that Buffalo is that next city that's going to be talked about throughout the nation for entrepreneurship, for just families coming here for vacationing, for a new way of life, right? We're poised that the economy is growing here little by little, but I think this is going to be that next hub, and I'm, I'm excited just, again, to play a part of it. I, I think everyone who allowed me, you know, being an outsider, because trust me, you don't know how much slack I, I get for still being a Giants fan. Uh, <laughs> right? as, long as, as long as you're not a Jets fan. Listen, no. I <laughs> Listen, I, Giants through and through. Excited about the Buffalo Giants game coming up in October. I know uh, a lot of my friends are going to hate me for that one. But um, I'm just excited to be a part, a small part of what this community is going to be. Again, we have to see it. And we can't look. We can't look at what it was. We have to look at what it's going to be, right? And um, I, I'm just happy to just be a small part. Hey, Derek Parson, thanks for welcoming us to the Exchange of Beverly Gray. Thank you so much. Glad you came by. Stay with us. There's more to come. This is what's next on WBFO. When your company supports WBFO, your NPR station, it's not only good for business, it's good for the community, too. You get results, and we keep producing quality local programming. Learn more by calling Bill Sauer at 716-845-2201. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. At the end of Black Business Month in the month of August, the Exchange of Beverly Gray hosted a series of workshops and events to celebrate black entrepreneurship and to help BIPOC business leaders network and showcase their businesses. At the end of the month, the exchange hosted a black business block party directly outside their space on East Utica Street. I spoke with a few of those participants and groups that affiliate with the exchange to hear about their experiences as startup entrepreneurs. 
First, we'll hear from Kim Lavere and Akua Menz Aidu of the Clementine Gold Group, an equity-centered strategy and planning firm that is based out of the Beverly Gray Center workspace. You two are the masterminds behind Clementine Gold Group. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit what Clementine does? Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, started back in 2019. We are an equity-centered strategy and planning firm. We do a variety of different services for a lot of different clients. We started back in 2019 doing a lot of education and training in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. We noticed back then that you know there were a lot of opportunities to do training. And then once 2020 hit with the killing and the murder of George Floyd, we recognized that a lot of organizations wanted to dive deeper into their organizations around DEI. So we started an education training, and then we moved to really operationalizing diversity, equity, inclusion within organizations so that it was really hitting their day-to-day -day and changing the culture and ultimately the behaviors of their staff. So we still do a lot of that work. We do year-long cultural audit, but we also do a lot of other things. So outside of strategy, we do project management as well, but then we're also doing training and education programs and really upskilling managers because we realize that the mid-level manager really has a lot of power mm -hmm. and so making sure that they have the skills that they need to really make sure that the organization runs smoothly. You know I think the big thing is just our move into like project management and project support. We work with the Oshai Foundation working on their Leaders of Color program as well as working with LISC and NYSERDA to bring clean mobility onto the east side of Buffalo. Major businesses are going the route of DEI. It's, it's long overdue. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's not a, a shortage of, of, of clients to work no, with. No, there's not. And honestly, you know, we're blessed to be here locally, right? Based in Buffalo, New York. But we have clients that span the globe at this point. So we have some who are, you know, in different regional areas but then also folks in Canada that we work with, an organization that is actually in Kenya, Switzerland, Vietnam, India. So at this point, we're really looking at these clients that are, are having a global impact and making sure that they can really solidify their own foundational culture and making sure that employees are happy and healthy and continue to prosper in their organizations. What is the biggest challenge uh, to starting a business in Buffalo? I would say in terms of challenges, right, like I think for us, we really moved in a, in a different type of way. So we both were full-time employees working a nine-to-five job, but we started to get some folks just asking if we knew about anyone who did trainings and education, and we both have backgrounds within the DEI space. And so once we started to, you know, just start to do some of these trainings, we recognized that there was a lot more to be done. And so we got one hit and started to move. And so we've grown as we were working full-time jobs, right? So at one point it got to be working two full-time jobs, but I think for us being in a blessed situation like that, we didn't have to skip a beat, right? Mm -hmm. We got to the point where we couldn't balance and, and manage all the things that we were doing at the same time and need to make the jump, but we were secure in the fact that we already had these clients that were set up, right? Other organizations and other folks that we've talked to that are starting a business, sometimes it is that networking that is missing, right? They don't have connections or folks to start doing business with, but they have to build up and have time to do that. So we've heard that from a networking standpoint, we know there's a networking gap. Uh, you can look at even zip code data to find out how successful someone's gonna be just based on who's around them. I think for us, we were in a blessed situation and, and really happy to share our network with other BIPOC-owned businesses that are even in this space. And like many startups, you are working already in the established corporate sector and also starting up your, your business on the side, a side hustle that yeah. hopefully becomes a main hustle. Yep. 
Do you have any advice for, for those that are they're on the fence about doing this and have to keep working their nine to five, as you stated, but then also want to do their own thing on the side or make it a, their own business? I think the biggest thing is probably um, knowing that no one has everything figured out. I think that oftentimes people sort of balance the full-time job with the side hustle, thinking that they're not quite ready because everything isn't perfect. And you just sort of have to adjust and realize that nothing is perfect and just sort of take that leap and trust. And I think that for us was probably the biggest piece of advice that we had to really sit with and, you know, just take that chance. And being a black entrepreneur, what are the challenges there? You know, I look at it from like a growth mindset and an asset-based way. And so we know that we as black people in, in this country are disproportionately impacted by, by many things, right? Socioeconomic issues are also involved in that. But I think because sometimes you're coming from this considered disadvantage, you can turn that around and really make that work for you. And so we don't look at it from a deficit standpoint. We look at it as a strength and, and a source of strength for the work that we do. You can rely on the true fact that we've always figured it out, right? And we've always had to come up with different creative ways to engage the folks that you're trying to engage, come up with either a product or service that is going to stand the test of time. And so I wouldn't say it's a deficit. I would say that it's a strength and we continue to build on each other in, in terms of the support that we have even in this building, right? We're all going through different challenges, but what we do really well, especially at the exchange at Beverly Gray, is making sure that there's this camaraderie that's built. We ask each other questions, you know, we're always looking at each other like, okay, you went through this, what did you do? This is what we did. And so there's shared learning in the exchange and I think that that goes a very long way. So it's, it's asset-based. You know, we're here, we've been building businesses for a very long time. I think now there's this larger focus on what we can offer and more willingness to work with us. So I think we're gonna continue to grow and expand. We chose this location for a very specific reason. We wanted to be in the community and of the community. And every time we come here, we get to see that. And that's a blessing in itself. So we'll continue to build and you'll be hearing us. I also spoke with Deja Middlebrook, a therapist of color who is focusing on BIPOC men and their relationships with her Walking Through Solutions mental health counseling business. Deja, what brings you to the exchange here on the Black Party? So I'm here supporting black businesses, and as an entrepreneur myself, this was a great timing for me to be here. Deja, what is it that you do? What is your venture that you're doing? I am a counselor. I'm a licensed therapist through New York State. I also have a law background. Quite the mix there. Yes, I went to the University at Buffalo. They have a dual degree program, and that's really how I was able to find my passion. My business is Walking Through Solutions, LLC. We do counseling, so we do individual, couples, families, and we train organizations. So we have, we're a new organization, but we have been developing some partnerships with larger organizations to talk about mental health, self-care, stress reduction, that sort of thing. And we have our first relationship boot camp. It's a four-week boot camp. It's this October. I mean, I think every relationship could afford to have, have a, a session or two. <laughs> But that's awesome. That These are all things that are so very front and center right now in, in society. Things we're not addressing properly, if you ask me, uh, the right way. But what are some of the findings you've seen being in this position, given your experience? It's been good. So the community has been very receptive, especially in Buffalo. We have um, a bigger need or, I guess, acknowledgement of the need for mental health counseling, especially more diverse providers. I know that with 514 last year, it sparked a bigger conversation locally about having therapists of color in our community. And as a therapist of color, that was when it really 
push like, hey, I want to create an organization that prioritizes and creates a safe space for people of color. Obviously, we serve everyone, but we want if you have racial issues, if you have just different cultural dynamics, we yeah. want to be able to have that cultural competence to serve you. You don't go seeking out any particular race, but it's it's welcoming. It's it's easier to open up to someone if they have, if you have shared experiences. Exactly. What would you say is the biggest challenge of, of starting a business here in Buffalo? I would say awareness, mm-hmm. getting the word out. Once we start and we have like our big, uh, bigger client base, and after this first workshop, I think people will be more willing to trust the counseling that we're offering and to see the success of it. There is still that mental health stigma. So that's one of the issues that we're kind of battling right now, but we've been doing a lot of outreach to kind of get people to feel comfortable with us because we're a small team. And if they like me and they like my vibe, they may be interested in listening to me. <laughs> We, I'm, I'm sitting here next to my associate producer, Charles Gilbert, who had an episode on BIPOC men and the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's great that you're tackling that along with others, but it's, I'm Hispanic and, and we too have our problems opening up to anyone, but it's great that you're, you're helping those, those men, those stubborn men like, like us hopefully get to a better mental health state. Yes, and the sad thing, too, is men across all races have a higher suicide rate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that creating those safe spaces where people can be vulnerable because, I mean, growing up, you may not have grown up in a family where vulnerability was seen as bravery, and that's really the narrative that we're trying to shift. And what lessons or advice would you give other BIPOC business owners that want to start up uh, their own business or get into something on their own? I would say give it a try. Everyone has a, a niche. So people are going to find you and seek you out, set your value at where you want it to be, and use the supportive services at the exchange to help you cover all your bases so that you can be successful for the long term. Lastly, we had a conversation with the chef owner of Buffalo Plant Burger, Rhonda Wells. Rhonda was at many of the exchange's Black Business Month events, including the Business of Food seminar and she participated in the pull-up and pitch competition. Tell us a little bit about Buffalo Plant Burger. So basically, Buffalo Plant Burger is a pop-up business that serves veggie burgers and soul food. And I've been doing it for the last, like, seven years. What would you say is a challenge to being a a black entrepreneur here in the city of Buffalo? Or or a positive? What's the unique aspect of it? You know, I don't... I think that we all have to get out of our way and just do what we need to do. And I'm I'm a prime example of that. I've been in my way for so long. You know, I, I think I was afraid of success. And I just think that if I just do it, if I just jump, then, you know, it'll be great. Like, the business will come to me. Mm. I do have, I, I'm a little biased. I think I have a fantastic product, but it's different. I do veggie burgers from scratch. Okay. So I do whole food, vegetarian, vegan food. So not like the impossible or the beyond. I do like real stuff. I know that there's a market for that. But I just, you know, with life, you know, sometimes life lives. (laughs) And um, I just got up one morning and I was like, I'm tired of just being afraid of success. But I do need like places like the Beverly Gray Center um, to help me move forward because I have like a lot of thoughts in my head and I just need to get them out of my head onto paper into the community so everybody can enjoy this. And you were also a participant in the pull-up and pitch. I was. That was fascinating. It was like you just had to talk and like talk about your business, but 
It was hard. Um, it was great, though. Like, I just think that there's so much opportunity in Buffalo right now, and, and people should stop being scared and just go for it. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Wells. I appreciate the time for what's next. Thank Best you. of luck. Thank you. We want to thank Derek Parson and the folks at the Exchange of Beverly Gray for allowing us to be a part of the Black Business Block Party, as well as for providing their time to speak to us. This has been What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1, Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station. Thank you.